This is Wendy Parrish, and you're listening to Messages from the Middle, episode number 16, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. Have you noticed that people don't usually share their struggles until they're over? It's not until they've defeated their dragon and marched victoriously home that they share their story. Well, I'm not one of those people. My name is Wendy Parrish, and I am in the middle of my story. From the middle, I've learned a few things, and I would like to bring you into my story. This is the good, the struggle, the light, the dark, and the lessons learned. This is Messages from the Middle. Hello and welcome to Messages from the Middle. I'm Wendy Parrish. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what I've done for the past 15 episodes. The difference being for the last 15 episodes, I have written out a script that I've mostly read. I've done some riffing on those scripts, but mostly I've written it out. And a big reason why I write it out is I don't want to miss anything. I want to get all the information into each episode I want to make sure I say what I mean to say and say it correctly. So I write it all out initially. Another reason why I write these all out is related to my perfectionistic tendencies, which is just still something that I'm wrestling with and grappling with because I just keep thinking perfectionists are perfect and I'm not perfect. But I realize that Yes, I am scared to put anything out there in the world unless it has been proofread and refined and made perfect. And I say everything perfect and I do everything perfect. And so I have allowed there to be episodes out there where I say the wrong thing. Trust me, if I say anything wrong on any of my episodes, I want to go back and re-record so bad. But a lot of times I just let it stay. I guess it's all part of my therapy, right? So this time around, as I sat down to write out the script for what I wanted to say today, it was just hard. I just couldn't do it. And I realized that what I wanted to do was sit in front of a microphone and just talk. So I'm going to go up against and challenge those perfectionistic characteristics. And I may say all the things I don't, it won't be clean cut and, and polished this time around, but that's okay. And hopefully if this works out and you like it, awesome. Let me know. And if you don't, you can still let me know. Just keep in mind that you're dealing with a person with um, mental health issues and you might crush your soul and make her cry. (laughs) That was just the tiniest bit manipulative. So what I wanted to talk about today is something that I found to be really impressive and very useful when I was in treatment. And that was listening to other people be able to describe and explain what their mental health felt like, either poetically or physically or scientifically or any other way. I was so impressed with that because I think one of the things that's really hard is actually to identify what is going on with us. I think a lot of times we're pretty far down the deep, dark hole before we go, oh, I'm depressed. Or 
we just can't explain it to the people in our lives. They'll be like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And like, oh no, I just feel kind of sad. And if people have never experienced depression, they're going to say things like, go for a walk, eat something, have a drink of water. Let's, you know, whatever. They'll come up with any number of solutions to your sadness. The difference is sadness is something that you can you know, just do some things that can change your emotional state and you move on. That's, you know, your afternoon thunderstorm. You experience an afternoon thunderstorm, go for, you know, go hang out with friends. You go, I'm trying to think of things that aren't buffering with like food or whatever. Um, But yeah, you know, you have a little mini dance party, you go for a walk, you have a really good meditation or whatever. And those afternoon storm clouds blow right on through and you're back in in your level state. Depression doesn't work like that. When I'm feeling very depressed, I can do things like go for walks, hang out with friends, listen to good music, you know, have a dance party, talk to somebody that I love and appreciate, and it will move the needle up a tick, but it doesn't change that underlying feeling that is there all the time. And it's really hard to get people that have never been here to understand what you're talking about. And they still want to fix you. And they still think that if they give you some things to do or tell you some jokes or act silly, they can help you feel better. And the truth of the matter is, first of all, it's not their job to make you feel better. Of course, the people you love can be there for you and support you and show you all the love. But what you don't want is for them to fix you. You just want them to love and support you. And honestly, I think one of the other things we really want is for them to understand. Because I do remember a conversation in treatment where we all talked about how much we wished the closest people in our lives could understand how we are feeling and what's going on. Just like how there's a lot of jokes and things out there about how women who have given birth to babies would just love for the people in their lives to experience that just once or to experience cramps or something just once so that they know the pain that you're going through. I will say I have read Um, a few books that I think do a beautiful job at explaining mental illness. One of those that I just loved and think did it so beautifully is the book Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. In that book, the girl, the main character is dealing with OCD. I believe it's been about four years since I've read that book, but I just remember when I finished, I thought he did such a good job explaining that. Another book is The Noonday Demon by Andrew Solomon. And I would also highly recommend you listen to his TED Talk called Depression, The Secret We All Share. I'd say it's about 15 minutes long and it's so good. I remember watching that once and going, everyone needs to see this. Everyone needs to understand. He does a great job of explaining depression, how it feels. And the reason he calls it The Secret We All Share is he talks about how A lot more people deal with depression than are willing to talk about it. And once again, if we can all talk about it, then it would be so much less of a taboo and it would be 
so much more beneficial and helpful if we could talk about it and share our experience. So as I explained to you how depression feels to me, I want you to understand that everyone's experience is different, but I also felt as other people I've listened to explain their depression or how their mental illness feels, it does two things. It gives me more empathy and understanding how things feel to them. And it also helps me to have more words to explain what's going on for me because sometimes it's just really, really hard to put words to how you're feeling. So I've talked a lot about feeling your emotions, naming it, identifying it, getting out of your head and into your body. And that's what you need to do to identify what's going on. Once again, I think a lot of us are pretty far down the hole, deep into the cave before we're able to go, oh, this is depression. I remember my first bout with depression when I was in college and I was just telling my dad, I remember I called my dad and I don't remember why we were talking. I can't remember what led to this conversation, but I had not been able to get out of bed to go to school. I was in college and I just remember he goes, this is depression. And it was, it was a lightning bolt moment for me. And he proceeded to help me get the help that I needed to finish out that semester of school. And that even included dropping some classes so that I could get through what was a pretty challenging time in my life. One more thing I wanted to talk about before I get to the actual physical description. Last week's episode, I compared mental health to the weather and how sometimes you have blue skies and sunshine and all the lovely things and other times the clouds roll in and that's when you're feeling depression. And as I sat down to record this week, I started thinking about it and I had a little bit of an epiphany. And I guess where I live in Montana, we have stormy days, but not long periods of time that are stormy. And maybe those of you that live like Pacific Northwest or something like that, you just have clouds and and stormy weather all the time. But where I live, it's more like afternoon thunderstorms or, you know, a cloudy day. Yesterday was a cloudy day, but today is sunshiny and beautiful. Depression lasts longer than that. Depression is more than a day. Depression is days weeks, months. So I came up with a new analogy. And I think more people this year may understand it than just people who live in Montana. Um, And that is what we, a, a little season we have here called fire season, smoke season, fire season, whatever you want to call it. In 2017, which was the year after I moved to Missoula, the state of Montana caught fire mid July. And we were buried in smoke until the end of September. And every single day you'd wake up and you'd look outside and everything was just wrong. The colors were wrong. The sky was gray. Everyone I knew had a low grade headache. Everyone was just a little crabby, just a little ornery, just a little sad. It just was wrong. It wasn't right. And I feel like a comparison for depression is more like fire season than just one stormy day. 
So that's my new analogy for depression is fire season. And since we've had those Canadian wildfires this year that have been causing really poor air quality in a lot of other parts of the United States that don't usually experience this, I feel like it's something that people can relate to. And when you see those pictures, it really does kind of make you just not feel right. I've got some pictures, maybe I'll go back and see if I can post them, from when my family rode the Hiawatha Trail in 2017. And it looks like they're riding bikes through like a nasty yellow soup and the sky looks wrong. And it does, it just makes you feel different. And I think that's an excellent way to describe what depression feels like and for how long it lasts. So instead of storm clouds, I will now refer to smoke clouds or fire season. So I'm going to just explain this as I feel it. The first thing that I notice when those smoke clouds roll in is just an underlying sadness that's always there. And as I stated before, if it's an afternoon storm, I can exercise, I can go for a walk, I can sit down at my piano and play and sing for a little while, I can listen to some good music, and my mental state changes from sadness to back to baseline, back to a good place. Which by the way, right here is a good time to add, the opposite of depression is not happiness. Happiness is an elevated emotion. People that want to be happy all the time, that's not actually a good thing to want. And that's not actually a real thing to want. According to Andrew Solomon, and I think it's a beautiful definition when he says the opposite of depression is vitality. It's just feeling alive. And what you feel is half dead or like a dead person who's still walking. There's nothing really going on inside of you, but you're still breathing and you're still moving and you're still here on this earth. That's a great way of describing how the opposite of depression is vitality, which means the opposite of vitality being depression is that feeling of just not feeling alive. So there's that sadness and it just stays there and gets heavier and heavier. And it feels like after a couple of days of that heavy sadness, one morning you wake up and it just feels like there's cinder blocks on your chest, just heavy cinder blocks on your chest. And you can't, you don't want to move. You don't want to wake up. You don't want to open your eyes. Your arms feel heavy everything feels heavy and it can be a beautiful sunny day outside and you honestly don't really even want it to be because then you get what I like to call sun guilt. I feel like this and it's a beautiful day outside. So you either feel bad that you just don't feel like you can get out in that world or you're mad that the world can be so blue skies and sunny when you feel dark and heavy and sad. The other thing that I feel is this feeling, I, I, I best I can describe it as a feeling between sadness, 
that feeling that you're about to cry anytime. It wouldn't take much for you to just cry and nausea, like they're combined, like that nausea and that's that almost about to cry feeling is just right there. To me, it's in my chest. It's in my, it's in my throat. It just is there all the time. And again, there's that heavy weight. My stomach hurts. My stomach feels heavy and I feel like I can't lift my arms. And it even feels kind of like a challenge to move a little bit, moving one foot in front of the other. More than anything, all I really want to do is lie down and not in my bed. I want to lie down just on the floor. I just want to be on the floor and just lie there, which actually is a little comforting. And I did talk a little bit last week about why lying on the floor is comforting. Um, And it's an interesting thing about how, at least for me, that's my body is telling me what it needs to feel supported and that's to lie on the floor. So once again, there's that feeling of like nausea and sadness just right there, kind of always on the cusp. And I really do feel like it wouldn't take much for me to cry. It's like those balloons that it doesn't take scissors or a needle to get them to pop. They just touch them and they just go. They just explode. And so you try not to feel that way. You distract yourself. You find different distractions. You tell yourself, these are the good things. I shouldn't feel this way. And then that brings on anxiety. And anxiety is painful. I think sometimes everyone is a little bit familiar with that, like too much energy feeling. Uh, maybe over caffeinated or whatever, like you kind of are just like jittery. That's not anxiety. It's again, a very difficult feeling to describe. (laughs) Somebody once described it as feeling like the cops are after you. It's that feeling that something is wrong. Something, something terrible has happened. Something has gone wrong and you don't know what it is. This may be one of the things with my ADHD, but sometimes I'll have a thought that gives me an emotion. And then I can't remember the thought, but the feeling is still there in my body. And then even more, I'm like, what was I thinking about? What was I thinking about? What was it that caused that? This is like that, but you know, there was never a thought. You're just like, you feel like you've just done something terribly embarrassing, but you can't remember what it is. You feel like, yeah, something terrible is about to happen, but you can't describe what it is. So you layer that on top of that nauseous cry feeling and it gets to be kind of like torture. In fact, I remember watching a video once that talked about mental illness and there was one woman who said it felt like water torture. And I think, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. It's so painful, but no one sees it and no one knows about it and no one talks about it. Even like I get migraines all the time. And if I tell people I have a migraine, they go, oh, I am so sorry. I get those, or my mom got those, or I know somebody who gets migraines and they really are just absolutely debilitating. But if I were to say, I really can't come today, my depression is at a 10, 
first of all, no one says that. And second of all, I just don't even know what the response would be. I want to hope and I want to believe the response would be, I am so sorry. You take care of yourself. And I am thinking of people right now in my life that I would say that to. And I actually do believe that that would be the response. But the truth of the matter is, I don't think I'm going to say it. I don't think there'll ever be a time when I just say, I cannot show up today. My depression is at a 10. I feel like I would probably say, I can't show up today. I have a migraine because that's easier to explain. That's something people understand more. That's something that is socially acceptable for me to say. So um, I guess that's just something worth considering. Do we just start saying, my depression is just really bad right now. I can't show up. My anxiety is pretty crippling right now. I just can't do it. And I think that people expect depression and anxiety to be on the level of possibly needing to be hospitalized or possibly needing to have some significant treatment before we say anything like that. And in my case, I told two people where I live, where I was going before I left. I didn't tell anyone. And I was to a point where I needed significant treatment. So let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Let's let's see what we can do to make it more socially acceptable. Let's see how we can make it so that we can say, my depression is at a 10. I'm going to need a little extra help today. It was particularly a hard thing for me when I had babies because we still show up, we wake up, we take care of these babies. They depend on me. They need me. And there were just days that were harder than others. I dealt with some postpartum depression after, especially my last two pregnancies. And it just makes it a big challenge. I was lucky enough to have my older boys who helped out. But then that adds to the level of mom guilt when you're asking your six-year-old to bring you diapers and to help out. And obviously they loved to do it and they were great at it. And I think that the independence that they gained from helping me is going to help them in the long run. But when you're dealing with depression, you just feel so bad that you can't do all the things that you want to do because you need to ask the six-year-old to help you with the baby. So what can we do? What do you guys think? What are some suggestions? I think this needs to be a conversation and we need to talk about it. So with this being said, I just recently joined Threads. I feel like, you know, everyone else is doing it. So why shouldn't I? So let's start a thread. I'll start a thread. What are some things that we can do to make talking about mental illness as acceptable as talking about any other illness? What can we do so that we show up and support the people in our lives that are dealing with mental illness the way that we show up and help people in our lives that are dealing with other illnesses? It's a chronic illness in a lot of cases. It's something that comes and will stick with people for a long time. It's like fire season. It's going to show up and show up and show up and it's going to stick around. So what can we do to help that? What can we say to help people understand what mental health feels like? It's worth a discussion, and I think it should be a discussion that we are having. 
And then the next thing is what can we do to deal with it? So these are the steps I took. Last week I talked about my emergency toolkit. I stick to those things. Um, Walking, self-care. I talked about how I would do gratitude journaling. And today I told my therapist that, and guess what he told me? That's great. But he told me I need to actually be journaling and writing about how I feel all of it. The swirling thoughts that I have in my head because that's what happens. I feel sad. I feel crying, nauseous, aching, feeling of heaviness. And then my brain just goes into a thought spiral that turns into a shame spiral. He said to write down those thoughts instead of just letting them bounce around in my head and spiral, write it all down. And I recognize that I fight that because I don't want to feel the way I'm feeling. So I throw a lot of that toxic positivity at it. And toxic positivity is when you are trying not to feel your feelings and emotions by pushing happiness on it. And it doesn't always, well, it's not good. There's positivity and there's being aware of your thoughts and taking a look at your thoughts and finding if they're useful. And then there's just forcing those thoughts away. So allowing the anger, allowing myself to write out the thoughts, slowing it down and looking at it. So that's what I'm going to be working on this week and seeing how that helps me in dealing with this depression bout that I've got going on. And the other thing that I did, and I just happened to be fortunate enough that it worked out this way, is I had an appointment with my psychiatrist for medication management. And we took a look at my meds and took a look at some of the things going on in my life to see if there was any adjustments that needed to be made. If you want more information on how I feel about medication, You can listen to my episode that's entitled The Magical Healing Potion. I think I called it The Magical Healing Cordial. I can go back and check and I can link that episode in the show notes. The other thing I'm going to link in the show notes is Andrew Solomon's TED Talk because it's definitely worth a listen. In fact, if you are limited on time and you can listen to my podcast or you can listen to Andrew Solomon, even though we're here at the end, so sorry, it's too late. I'd recommend listening to Andrew Solomon. It's really great. And the next thing I want to ask you to do is if this is, if you deal with depression, anxiety, any of these mental illnesses, I want you to sit down and take some time to notice how it feels to you. And if you want to write that out, that would be really helpful. Writing it out in prose, writing it out in poetry, writing it out, just do a body scan. Where do you feel it? What does it feel like? How can you describe it? And again, if you want to share that with me, I'd love to see it. You can just shoot it to me as a DM at child songbird on Instagram. And you can email me at messages from the middle. Sorry, it's Wendy at messages from the middle.com. I'd love to see it. And I'd love to help in any way I can, because one thing that I have definitely found that helps to pull me out of some of my darker holes is helping others. So if you want any help, please let me help you. I want to feel better. (laughs) 
How's that for a uh, uh, plea for help? I'm not being altruistic. I just want to feel better. But actually, I'm serious. It just sometimes helps to just share what's going on with somebody and just have them say, yeah, I feel that. I really, really feel that. And I feel for you and I love you. Thank you so much for listening today. And thank you so much for letting me just riff off the cuff a little bit more today and just share what's on my heart. I want you to know, I need you to know that you are loved and that you matter no matter who you are or where you are in your story. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of my story. My theme music is White Linen by Asher Child. He's my kid. You can find all of his amazing music on all streaming platforms. And you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. But seriously, it would really mean so much to me if you did. Thank you so much and see you next time.